0: My eyes are ever towards the Lord, and I am exceedingly needy and poor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Lord the Ghost. Amen. And Father Rector, dear fathers, brothers, seminarians, sisters, my dear faithful, we have heard the expression, the cure is worse than the disease, and undoubtedly that's true in various different cases but unfortunately it is too often presumed to be true in the supernatural order due to our weakness. The cure is to be feared, the disease of sin is, well, familiar and therefore tolerable and at least not as frightening as the cure that might be presented so i would like to speak on the gospel today both for the warning it gives and for the encouragement and confidence it gives us but to read that then in the light of the the principles that st paul gives us in the epistle and he says very clearly fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, and by this we understand as well then all the other grave vices, Uh, let them not be so much as named among you because such souls will not go to heaven. Grave sins are punished with eternal fire. Grave sins destroy the soul and lead it to hell. And then he will add, and even let the words, again, not be after this line. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The words on our lips are the ideas from our mind. And he says, it might seem um, a bit of an understatement, they are to no purpose. But in fact, that says quite a deal. They have no real end, they are not uh, ad rem non pertinent in the Latin and from rem we have the root of our word reality, they are, they are not the reality, and so they might seem amusing, distracting, I need to correct this person, I have to uh, express my anger, but if it destroys the very good that the soul is seeking, I'm seeking happiness, I'm seeking comfort, I'm seeking justice, and these things destroy it, then it really is outside of reality. It really has no purpose. Who removes a hangnail by cutting off their foot? Who removes a headache by cutting off their head? It's not a solution. And so he says there as well, let no man deceive you whether it be the devil whether it be the spirit of the world whether it be the frailty of our human nature that tends to want to justify sin well that might have been immoral before but of course that was more a cultural thing or for some whatever reason this conduct is justified Others might call this avarice or covetousness. I call it prudence. And yes, well, everyone in the world would do this. And so why not I? As if this balance and moderation of virtue is the balance and compromise with the spirit of the world, which it absolutely is not. This is the deception of the world. And so you have that very solemn warning that Sin does, it has, and it always will lead to hell. And so do not walk in that darkness, but walk in the light which Christ has given you, not in the spirit of the world, but according to the light of Christ. And so when we have that solemn warning, we see it really exemplified in the account of the gospel today and the history that it gives us, and you see again with the certainly the the wisdom plan by by God the the real destruction the cure first of all is in the the soul of a of a dumb man. Saint Paul has said that evil talking is to no purpose. It is the destruction of the very purpose of speech to use it ill and we see the soul under the control of the devil, really, he can't speak at all. But in the, at the beginning of Lent, we saw the temptation of our Lord in the desert, and this was, of course, the example by which we are to fight the world and the flesh and the devil. But lest we think that the battle is simply that of our Lord and the devil, we see, no, the battlefield is the human soul, The battlefield is us. And we have, of course, the great miracle. Our Lord drives the devil out. And what is the immediate reaction of those around? The cure is worse than the disease. Beware. Yes, you can speak now, but where is this going? What might he ask you to say? Maybe some prayers. Watch out. It's frightening that this should be the spirit of good souls. Yes, there may be some progress here, but this is probably not the path you want to be on. And it would seem too absurd to be real, except it is our own experience. We have the the examples of the saints, of the, the teaching of our Lord. Unless you do penance, you shall all likewise perish. And yet, if someone takes up some penance well hold on don't get too extreme and of course we know we get those lessons from the lives of the saints and maybe saint john vianney has one rotten potato a day and so he says well perhaps i was too extreme we go without chocolate cake you know well maybe i'm being too extreme this is the the recoiling of nature and the spirit of the world and the maxims of the world that would really induce us to believe penance is not as necessary today as it was in times past or again with the, 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 the vices of immorality that are on every, um, basically movie, television, commercial billboard in the city. And well, of course, we, we have more mature way of approaching these things and we don't want to be prigs and we don't want to, uh, be backward. And, uh, so it's just a music, it's just a song. It doesn't really matter. I've just listened to it for the melody. It doesn't matter what they're singing about and, and any sort of justification, but has this actually improved your soul has Have you found it easier to serve God after listening to this music or watching those movies or being with those friends? Well, we have to be balanced and prudent. But what is that except this cry of the Pharisees, watch out, beware of those ideas that are leading you closer to God? And again, as a solemn warning, then after our Lord says, you know, this is, a completely false premise the the kingdom of satan could not be divided against itself he gives us the reality in a parable and the reality begins very frighteningly and hopefully that should remind us of uh where we want it to to end he says a strong man armed keeps his court when a strong man armed keeps his court those things are in peace which he possesses. The strong man, just as the the mute man was in the power of the devil, the strong man is the devil. And it is a frightening thing to think that he keeps his court, his soul, you and I, in peace. He is at peace before the coming of Christ. It, this soul is in my power. And any purely human, purely natural attempt to overthrow him is to him nothing. All your purely, I understand that by purely natural, without the help of grace, without the, the help of Christ, without the means that Christ has given us, and the devil is not phased. He keeps that soul in in peace, and he forms in it bad habits, and those bad habits become chains, and any desire to overcome those things from a purely natural level, you might say, he is not phased. and even if the soul should overcome something for a purely natural reason, then he just makes it fall through another again thing, oh, will you to overcome that vice, look how good you were, and look how strong you were, and leads the soul to pride. And this can be very discouraging. Really, as when a soul often sees, uh, when it, once it tries to reform, the bad habits that I've formed, and I struggle and struggle against them, and I can't do anything, and they keep recurring. And he becomes very discouraged, and he is very conscious, uh, whether they be grave sins or small sins, they remain sins, And they remain things that the soul sees that he seems to be powerless against. And the reason is that alone he is powerless against them. And that our Lord says, But if a stronger than he, a stronger than this strong man, come upon him and overcome him, he will take away all his armor wherein he trusted and will distribute his spoils. And there you see the triumph of grace. And the very things the devil can say, I have formed these bad habits. And the world can say that it has armored itself in that soul behind these bad habits and behind these maxims. And yet, with the touch of grace and the response to grace, that armor is taken away. Those bad habits are transformed. And the soul that was addicted to vice can become the devotee of virtue, but only with the coming of Christ. And that is why the introit seems to encapsulate, as they, um, as they always do, but perhaps in a few days so well as now, that our eyes must be upon the Lord, not upon the maxims of the world, and we must be conscious of our neediness. If we depend upon our own uh, strength, the devil will keep our soul in peace. But if we turn to the stronger man, if we turn to Christ, if we make use of the means of grace that he has provided, he will destroy the kingdom of the devil in our soul. Those bad habits, the addiction to, to vice, the the darkness of the intellect which is so quick to um, to justify sin, to excuse our faults. And the whole gospel reminds us that we really are in this battle. It is a battlefield. The battlefield is the soul and both are are fighting against it. And we might say what applies to the kingdom of Satan, Applies to the kingdom of God. It will not stand if it is divided within itself. And Christ takes us into his kingdom. And if being in that kingdom, I then open the gate to sin, open the gate to temptation, I am dividing it. I am dividing myself. I am separating myself through recklessness, through presumption from uh, that which our Lord would call me, the two to. Again, I am needy and exceedingly poor. Well, what will happen to me if I at any moment say, well, I I don't need that grace. I can presume on my own strength. I can expose myself to that temptation and nothing will happen. I will find that I will fall. So let us, again, in that sense of our dependence upon grace, Show our true confidence by aligning ourselves in that battle with our Lord. And just as a practical means of doing so, one of the most necessary recommended to us by the saints is the examination of conscience. The examination of conscience, which many will simply reduce to the cataloguing of their sins, which, although an essential part of the examination, Is perhaps the least important part the most important part will be the sorrow for the sins committed and then just as important as that is the resolve and the plan of how I will avoid those in the future because really it is a battle and the gospel ends as you know with the example of the the devil wandering about it has no place to to go, so it returns to the soul stronger than before. Because unfortunately, in the case in the Gospel, it finds the soul empty. It finds the soul without a game plan. It finds the soul simply relaxing in its freedom from sin, but no resolve of pursuing virtue. And that is really what the, the examination of conscience is meant to do. To see not only that I sinned five times this day, but how I sinned, where I sinned, and how am I going to avoid that sin in the future? If we treated our soul with the same seriousness that any man would treat his business, then we would quickly be saints. What man would say, yes, well, uh, every day I get robbed at uh, 9 a.m., oh, a real tragedy there, oh, well. And yet I say, well... Every time I'm with this person or every time I, I go to that, that place, I, I sin. Oh, well, are we serious? Do we really recognize that we are in this battlefield or do we pretend that what St. Paul is, says is not true? Maybe fornicators, maybe the covetous, maybe the unclean, maybe they do go to heaven. Maybe I'll just keep telling myself that in order to push off the day of reform, push off the, uh, the day of grace. We must not do that and also we must not trust in our own strength. So again, turn to our Lord, turn to this strong man and take confidence in him that wherever I have been, whatever sins I have committed, whatever bad habits I have formed, um, that is an armor that can be undone and all these, these powers of my soul, which I think are not mine, but enslaved to the world, he will redistribute. And he will, if you like, give me, give my powers back to me, as he first created them in me, and he will restore them to me, that I might restore them to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.